0: Welcome to Lit Liturgy. This is Becca Midiki Conlin. I am the pastor of Saint Paul's Lutheran Church on the south side of Easton, Pennsylvania, and also now the pastor at Good Shepherd on uh, in Wilson, Pennsylvania. Woohoo! So I'm making really excited faces.
1: <laughs> and I'm Lydia Apostles, and I'm the pastor of Family of God Lutheran Church in Buckingham, Pennsylvania, just north of Philadelphia. And we are your Lit Liturgy, your favorite creative worship podcast. We are so lit. We are happening, popping, awesome, amazing, rad tubular and
0: we're also sorry i'm swelling my beer <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're drinking so uh, this
1: time we are
0: <laughs> so uh of some form uh we are, probably are not going to be super drunk since that was my second sip of beer thus far today but i'm not that much of a lightweight yeah, so our beer is
1: uh, comes very specially by way of Upper Bucks Conference. Uh, they gifted me after I talked to them about creative liturgy. They gave me some beer, so Becca's drinking.
0: I have Trobes uh, Dream Weaver Wheat Beer. And I'm
1: drinking Sweet Baby Jesus, It's chocolate peanut butter porter. And I think we have, we might have featured it at some point.
0: Possibly. I don't remember. Anyway. If not It is now. Most likely we will swear at some point during this uh, episode because we always swear basically at some point during these episodes. And so. something
1: else we always do is we always have our amazing theme song. So thank you to Brian O'Dean.
0: So this episode we are talking about uh, kids in worship and how to... Basically, different ways to incorporate kids in worship without either making them uncomfortable, putting them on display, uh, and also to deal with those cranky old people who are upset that there's now kids in worship because, you know, kids should be seen and not heard and all that other bullshit. See, I just swore. (laughs) Very good. It didn't take long to get there. And
1: to bring forward the fact that kids aren't the future of the church, they're the church now. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a few different ways, uh, like traditional ways, uh, the big traditional way that children have been involved in worship has been children's sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember growing up, my church had them like once, every, it was not every Sunday, it was like once a month. Once really? a Yeah, it was, and it was always done by the associate pastor, never by the senior pastor, and it often involved the flannel board. Oh, geez. Yeah, because uh. I'm a child of the 80s, the flannel board was out.
1: Who yeah? Ours ours was every week, but I don't recall the flannel board. I do recall the flannel board in Sunday school, but not during <laughs> Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, no, it was out during the children's sermon. Uh, so a lot of churches now have it have every Sunday, or if you don't, I encourage you to try and if or maybe not if every Sunday at least once a month to say that kids are a priority and they're here. Uh, but there's also some different mindsets to how to have the children's sermons. So some t- people think of them as an introduction to the, quote, regular sermon. So if you can do this, actually, and maybe introduce some of the characters or some terms that you'll use that are maybe like churchy terms that they might not know, whether it's a simple word like grace or you're using the word transubstantiation or, you know. Oh, who does yeah. that? <laughs> Or some other big word. But you can also talk about the different characters that you'll be hearing during, maybe if you do this right before the gospel, or if you want to do it after the gospel, like if you're preaching on the gospel, and you want to like tell a little bit of backstory about like who exactly Peter was, or who exactly so-and-so was, so that they know a little bit more.
1: Or where they're at in their own journey, because mm-hmm. Peter at like the start is different than Peter later on.
0: You can also maybe, instead of doing it as an introduction, uh, maybe do the opposite of that and sometimes I know when I'm preaching I have like two completely different ways of going of where I can write my sermon and so I go with option a but bo- option b sounds really good so maybe I can do like a kid's sermon that's on option b so it has nothing to do with one another other than it comes from the same text yeah but it's also kind of good of a good way of using that option b without having to wait three years till the lectionary cycle comes around to get to it
1: or if you have a good sermon nugget but not a good whole sermon?
0: Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that might work.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: another way of thinking about a children's sermon is to have a time just for kids. Mm-hmm. And so I know some pastors that they, or whoever's leading the children's sermon, because it's not always pastors, that they will read a children's book or a, a story from the children's Bible that might have nothing to do with the rest of the service, but they are just working their way through the children's Bible or working oh. their way through a series of books. Um, and that way it's just this time for kids and the adults get to hear those stories. Cause especially you think of like the stories that are in children's Bibles, like, yeah, we get them on occasion in the worship service, but not all that often. Do you like David and Goliath doesn't really yeah. come up much. So,
1: yeah. And as you're, and as you're doing this, this time specifically for kids, um, to always keep in mind to speak in language that is age appropriate. Um, yes. I've heard like kids don't do metaphor as well so don't say god's love is like a ring or you know that's kind of the example that comes up but don't forget to you can do con like hard concept or like
0: yeah difficult stuff
1: difficult stuff but like don't talk about transubstantiation your kids are men
0: well and also use words that are kid level words like um my internship supervisor who had his doctorate in literature or English or something he talked to the kids I mean like in one level it was good because he talked to them like he would talk to an adult but at the same time the kids didn't understand and it would go completely over their heads because he was using four syllable words on the regular with them oh, and Don't you know he... some of the words I didn't know and I had to be like I wish I you know had I a... feel stupid <laughs> Yes. let me write and that the word down oh no it, yeah um, uh, another okay. thing that, speaking of, another things that, uh, some people do is they use the children's sermon as a time to talk to the adults through the kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, just don't do that. Like, unless, just
1: Unless, unless you really need to hit something home. Yes. But make, yeah, don't, yeah.
0: And even if the, <laughs> unless you're, you're going me. to really hit something home, like, yes, as long as you are talking to the kids about it, don't, like... Basically say, well, I know your parents will feel this way, oh, or no, yeah, because yeah, it makes the kids feel like they know that they're just pawns, and and you're there to talk to their uh, the adults and not to them, and they they understand, and they're completely bored with it, and <laughs> they can be, I, yeah, and I mean also realize that adults are going to he, listen to the children's sermon, and they'll get a lot out of it. I mean, I've had you know people say that how much they appreciate some of the children's sermons because they needed to learn that thing or they didn't know where so- this came from or blah, blah, blah. And
1: some have said to me, like, oh, yeah, sometimes I understand your children's sermons better than your big people's yeah. sermons. And yeah. I'm
0: like,
1: that's good-ish. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to listen. They're obviously there Yep. Um, in the fishbowl or as the fishbowl. Yeah.
0: And since adults are going to learn f- f- with the kids – it is a great time to talk about some of the stuff and that we do in church that maybe we don't have time to do otherwise in worship. And so that way the kids are learning, hey, why we do this, but the adults are getting sometimes learning for the first time or getting a refresher course on that. So you can do an entire children's sermon series because I've done that on like parts of the worship service and you just go through... Thanksgiving for, you know, confession or Thanksgiving for baptism. And then the next week you do this. And I actually did one uh, last spring on the, you know, just the gathering meal word sending. And I moved the children's sermon to that part of the service at the very beginning of each section. So they knew what we were coming, going to do. I've done an anatomy of a baptism during a baptismal service. So I had them gather around the font and I pointed out the candle and the oil and the water and the pitcher and the, and where everything was. And I gave them their, you know, official Latin name if they had it, but also told them like, you know, it's a bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, I've done an Advent theme, I Advent items series, so I don't remember the exact order, but I talked about it. and I know I did an Advent calendar on the first Sunday of Advent. And I remember
1: I, that you did that last year, right? Uh, uh, yeah, last year,
0: two years ago. Yeah, and then I gave them the Advent calendar that day, so they had one to take home. I've t- talked about the Advent wreath, a nativity set, and a tree. So they knew all these things that we use to celebrate Advent and Chris- and Christmas and where, like, the tradition came from and what they have. And uh, But a lot of adults were like, oh, I didn't know that is, you know, where this tradition came from. So. Uh, you can do the same thing with church seasons. at the you know the first Sunday of each liturgical season. Take the, if that's especially if that's the only time you do children's sermon. The the first Sunday of Advent, the first Sunday of Chris, of Christmas season, the first Sunday of uh, Epiph or I guess season after Epiphany. Just talk about the church seasons. It's mm-hmm, okay. another good one. Or uh, the building symbols in the building or in the stained glass windows. You know have uh, you can. Uh, depending on, I've been in churches that they have be, these beautiful stained glass windows and you just go through a window once a week and talk about the various symbols yeah, that Yeah, what are story
1: actually, is like in that? Yeah. Or sim- yeah, the symbols, the story. I know I keep, people keep asking me like, Pastor, what does this symbol in this stained glass window mean? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's whatever. And yeah, I think they would love that.
0: So it's a good, and sometimes like coming up with a children's sermon that actually is fitting to the text <laughs> is difficult. Like so like a sometimes. Yeah, so having that in your uh, back pocket of like doing a series instead is an okay thing. Yeah,
1: because you don't have to necessarily talk about one of the
0: texts. <laughs> yes, um, what I did last year for Advent, and I'm gonna do it again this year. Is we had we went off lectionary and we did a uh, person that was our theme, and we gave each uh, person a. Um, a symbol and we decorated our tree during the, and we talked about that person and why they represent this theme. And it was done after the, uh, after the, uh, the main reading and before the sermon. So I could talk about, um, I don't remember the, the who matched with who, but I think Ruth was perseverance and why. And then there was a, a a fist was her symbol and we talked and we kind of like talked, related Ruth to social justice and yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, while the kids were decorating the tree each week, so then they had a lot of fun decorating the tree each week. Yeah. So I know we did a red ribbon for Rahab. I remember that much. Oh. So um, well, also, one more thing I wanted to say about yeah oh, I
1: was gonna say about about children's sermons is like when you brought up moving the children's sermon around, um, I I do my children's sermon before the readings mm-hmm. even the, before the before we start the first reading, mostly because we have concurrent Sunday school. <laughs> I'm making noises um, and. So then I get to, like, set up. I use, I do the mm-hmm. kind of the setup thing. But if, if you decide that it flows better by, I find, like, the flow gets interrupted if I try to figure out, like, somewhere around the gospel, yeah. you
0: know. It,
1: yeah. So play around with where it is. Yeah.
0: I, I've moved mine a lot, but normally it's either before the first reading or after the second reading before. Uh, yeah. After the second reading before the gospel tends to be the two main yeah. places. So, um
1: you're not locked in to, like, no. right before the Big people
0: Sermon. And uh, this isn't our chaser, but it is a good chaser as well, and we've used them before, is Dollar Store Children's Sermon is always a great place to go. And uh, he does a weekly video of items found from the Dollar Store that relate to the uh, readings. Sometimes they're a bit of a stretch, but often they're at least a good yep. place to start it-
1: Gets the ideas flowing at least, and they
0: are definitely because they're dollar store items. Things that you can even do. I'm like, oh crap, I have a children's sermon and I forgot completely forgot about it. Yeah,
1: paper clips have been part of it. <laughs>
0: yes, so often you might even have the item already and you don't have to go to the dollar store to think even about. it. Even better. Yes, so a good Saturday night oh shit moment. Right.
1: We should talk about playgrounds. Go for it. You yes, have one. So I have one. You're the
0: expert. Kent. I guess.
1: We've had it for like a year and a half now. We started it on um, Easter Sunday of 2018, <laughs> which is, if you're going to start it, that's kind of a wackadoo time, but it was amazing. Um, what is a playground? It is an area in your sanctuary that is specifically kid-friendly, kid-centered. Um, if you're familiar with godly play, it's sort of like a designated area that you can use um, for that kind of stuff, as opposed to, like, a nursery, which is in another room, or if you're doing concurrent Sunday school, yeah. which separates out kids from parents, which, like, we have, and I don't love, but it's not, it doesn't go, ours doesn't go the entire service, so, yeah. like, there's
0: that. Normally, there is, a, it's designated because there's a rug on the ground that indicates this, there's children-sized Cares. furniture. Often chairs and tables so that they can color. There's coloring books and other things available. Spins bins of stuff. There it's might cute. be some soft toys. Yeah. Uh, and normally a little, and some, like, seating for parents as well in that area. That might include, like, a rocking chair or... Or
1: near seating. Yeah. Yeah, so, um... So they
0: can keep an eye on the kids without having to lord over them either.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. Which kind of gets into, like, where do you put a yeah. playground? Um, ours is in the back. Um just because that that's the only place that we have space for it. And we have like, we have doors that you can, glass doors that you can pull open, which is really nice. So we kind of have this area, theoretically the kids can't escape from. <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of are surrounded on three sides by bookshelves and all that kind of stuff. Ideally, um, front is nice because kids can see what's going on. It may feel, make parents feel like they're kind of put on the spot. Um, and maybe people would be a little bit reluctant to use it. Um, I've seen it also where people have taken out pews from the middle yep. and made it in there. If you could put a uh, program in one of your sanctuaries, where would you Well, put we,
0: we talked about it at St. Paul's a few years ago about taking out a, a pew and putting it in the middle and then using a baby gate on the side that, so that was the, not where people would sit. So parents could sit on the one pew, and then the other side would just have a baby gate so that kids couldn't crawl under the pews in front of them.
1: Right. And then
0: also maybe close that area for it to walk in it just because we have some. Um, at the time, they were, you know, one, one and a half. So they're walking. And when they start walking, they can run. You know? <laughs> they're gone. Yes. They're gone. Or crawl and be gone. Um, and then just we are... Talking about putting a rug down and then some items, and it just never really happened. And since then, those kids have grown up, and we haven't had that age group to really replace it. So it hasn't been a huge push. Plus, also, the kids that were the older kids that were involved um, are now, we'll get to it, are a lot yes. of my worship helpers all the time. So,
1: woohoo! Yeah, but we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. So put it wherever you need it to go. It's yes. fine. doesn't matter where it is. As long
0: as you have one, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So Some, when you- some churches I know started in the back just because they felt, because like of the argument that it would be too distracting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until after they won over people that these kids now weren't super loud that they could then be moved forward. Yeah. Sometimes you have to put it in the back for a bit to Yeah. win that argument exactly. first.
1: Yes. So what do you put in a prayer ground? Uh, Becca talked about a couple of the things. Uh, I would, if you can get your hands on a plush communion set. Um, I know people, uh, things are floating around Facebook and stuff about how you can make one. I've made a set. Um, they're, you, can buy, you can find them. They're kind of expensive.
0: Yeah, and they're fairly simple to make out of felt because anything yeah. out of felt is simple, you know, either yeah. easy sew or e- uh, even, like, Tacky glue Yeah
1: I'll probably link some I'm, I've been meaning to do Like a tutorial About like how I made mine And most of it was like Put a plate Cut it out Find like felt circles From Amazon For the um, Communion
0: Or just cut out circles. Or just cut out
1: circles It's like super easy And then have some Like seasonal stoles For the kids to wear So that they can do The godly play Of leading worship mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool If you are really um, Crafty Make some albs And chauzebles too Which uh, is pretty fun because then you might have some little pastors who might come out of there And you plantation. might have an
0: old choir robes or whatever that you can just cut to, you know, take the smaller ones and just cut them so that they aren't, you know, exactly they're yeah. only for two and a half feet tall people. Somewhere.
1: Um, but pretty much soft toys um, are also great. Make sure to put some simplified bulletins of what you do every week. And if you um, are feeling really spiffy, you can laminate them and so, and have a marker so that kids can like check off, kind of follow along as the service is going. But the key is to make sure to, whatever you have back there to keep it fresh, keep it updated, Mm -hmm. get someone to be in charge of that because nothing is worse than like if you're back there and all the crayons are broken and all the coloring books are colored in. So um, keeping it fresh is important. But anyway, what does this have to do with liturgy and what, And how does this connect to uh, worship besides just being a presence in the worship service? Well, there's a couple of different ways you can kind of bring it forward and use it during worship. Uh, Obviously, you should be pointing it out every week um, in the announcements. And I forget a lot of the times, but I try to remember that if you want to go, people from all ages can hang out in our playground. Um, If... You're struggling, as many churches are, to find volunteers for Sunday school and do, like, concurrent Sunday school. Just say, like, hey, Sunday school's going to be in the playground ground today. Mm-hmm. Um, problem solved. Uh, you could um, start, you could have a procession either to or from the playground kind of in tangent. In, like tangentially with your children's sermon like you could start your children's sermon by having the kids parade up or parade back or
0: whatever or just you go you as or the, you go back there Yeah, or you go to the prayer ch- ground for the children's sermon yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you could do your children's sermon in the prayer Yeah, I haven't done this because ours is in the back but I've been kind of tempted to um, and periodically explain maybe an, even in the children's sermon what it is why mm. it's back there and what is there and how people can use it During the offering time, you can have kids who are there write on things and have them participate in the offering and have them put stuff in the offering plate, Um, have instruments back there and ribbons for some spontaneous liturgical dancing. I've had that happen (laughs) during the service. It's pretty fun. Um, And make sure to go back. I keep saying back there because mine is in the back, but make sure you go there during the passing of the piece to give the kids some some peace mm-hmm. uh, during that part of the service so that they are reminded uh, that that's part of worship too, especially if it's in the back. Um, I think that's important. Uh, if you, if you could grab one of the kids from there to do part of your blessing and dismissal, I know that kind of gets into the next section. Um, and if it's in the front, you could do like a recessional. You could grab the kids, grab some instruments and recess with the kids out.
0: Awesome. So, we also are going to talk a little bit about using children as worship leaders. So, a little bit of history for uh, background for you Uh, at St. Paul's, where I've been for three years. um, There's this small group, but really core group of about there, I think they're all in third through fifth grade now, who of these kids who are in worship quite frequently and they want to do all the things. And so, It kind of started out with just allowing the kids to do what they want, and now they're worship leaders on the regular. and they are so some things that have worked for us and not is we do not, if they're under middle school, we don't schedule them to be worship leaders. we they are allowed to decide that day of. And this is like this will be difficult for uh, some congregations. like it's been great at my congregation. It's fairly natural of, a lot of people at St. Paul's who really have uh, love and care for about these kids, and would let them be ushers even though they're supposed to be the usher, and just you know hand them the you know the keys to do whatever they want it uh, to, uh, whatever role they want it to do. It kind of all started that we have a bell, and so they took turns ringing the bells the for uh, to at the start of worship for. Um, That happened for a few months and then they became like greeters and ushers and now they're worship assistants and doing communion and pretty much everything else. Um, So we allow the kids to decide the day of. And again, it takes commitment from the congregation both to ask the kids but more so to step back. And I do have some people who like, they're an usher, they've got to be the usher that day. Because that's, you know, if they showed up, now, they'll often not show up when they're assigned to be the usher, but if they showed up and they're the usher, they have to be the usher. So we often will pair them with someone who's very much more laxed on that, so that that other person who's assigned to be the usher will, like, the kid can take their spot. And there's been some learning curves with that. Uh, When the kids are first doing it, the first few times, the adults are still there to assist them. Um, So, like, if they're the acolyte, they help light the light. They use the lighter to light the candle lighter, because there is not a fancy Latin term for the thing that lights the candles. (laughs) I've looked it up. Um, So, but they're there to light the light, to light it in the back in the sacristy so that they don't have to do that. Um, Or... That if it's the bell, it really takes some muscle to get our bell ringing so that the other adult will be there to pull it. But the kid feels that, you know, after you get started, then the kid can normally do it after the first two rings. Um, You know, they double check that the soundboard is turned on and off at the beginning of the service, or they will, the first few times that they do communion will stand behind them and walk with them to make sure that they aren't spilling the wine and they're saying the right words and they're acting appropriately and can kind of correct them gently throughout that process. We don't pressure the kids to do anything they don't want to do. I have one kid who's never has done any spoken parts because he does not want to do anything that speaks and he's fine with that. He is he will do the greeting, he'll do the usher, he'll ring the bell, but if you ask him to be like the community assistant or the worship assistant, no, not, not in it, much less the reader. Um, and also realize that kids go in cycles. Like we did have th- these months that they argued over who gets to ring the bell. And I don't, am not sure if a kid has rung the bell in like three months now, just cause, huh. but now they're arguing over being worship assistant. Ah. And now that, you know, and you know, in another few months, it might be arguing over who gets to be the greeter or who gets to allow that. Um, we've had some adjustments in the sanctuary space for, kids to lead, so there's make sure if you have kids as readers that there's a step stool behind the lectern so they can see and be seen. Um, make sure that there's a children's Bible version of the reading so that they can you know, sometimes if you're especially using, like, NRSV, that is an 8th grade reading level, supposedly. I
1: think it is, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, there's some difficult things in there. And even if you have kids that are a little bit older, like, at an 8th grade reading level, um, make sure that you read those readings beforehand and you aren't going to sign them up to be the reading on the time that they have to talk about, like, gonads or something like that. Because you don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: trying to think of, like, what that...
0: It comes what? up. like, But they, they aren't but reading... About
1: Pentecost. Maybe not Pentecost, but, like, the Parthians and the Medes. Yeah. Or whatever. but not
0: but also not just that but also anything that might be sex related because like an eighth oh. grader having to talk in front of their church family about sex is like even if they're reading scripture super embarrassing so like and yeah. either find a different translation that maybe puts things a little milder or be like oh let's make sure that you aren't the reader for that sunday yeah um For a communion specifically, again, have adults shadow them for the first time. Um, And then I I always ask them which side that they want to do and which element. So I don't don't assume that because they're my worship assistant, they want to do the bread and they want to do the left side. They can, this past Sunday, the person who is the worship, the kid who is the worship assistant who normally does the bread and the left side, she decided to take the wine and do the right side. Okay, whatever. I had had the other communion assistant do the bread on, you know, on the one side so always ask um i also edit the bulletins with kids in mind because i often will have kids as the worship assistants and they will do th- they will start off our prayers and so i want to make sure that those few wor- words that start the prayer wondrous god you know uh is a, o- okay but if it's again a four-syllable word that's a well, i can't think of one at the mo- moment wondersplendiferous splendiferous or something yeah. Not that. But some word that they might not be able to read easily, I give that to them. Uh, you know, I, I edit it so that our third grader can, um, I edit it with her in mind as the, the weakest reader out of the bunch, because she's also the youngest, of what are they going to do. So it's, even if she's not the reader, the worship assistant, it's not like it's going to make, if I end up doing it, it's not like anyone's going to say, oh, you said wondrous God, instead of, you know. Whatever, (laughs) because I I can't think of it. And then spend some time educating the congregation that there is no positions that have age requirements. Um, Talk about the rubrics um, and what is required by the presiding minister and what the assisting minister can do, that there's not this idea that pastors are holier than everyone else, that anyone, including kids, can pray. Um, We actually had a great conversation at our council meeting on Monday night about this that was it was a wholly beautiful moment of just there was some people who were upset that the kids are serving communion and my congregation my council first was like well that's ridiculous of course the kids can do that but then also started to say well how can we educate them and so we were talking about um we're going to have some time at our uh next annual meeting about it about how yes they all the kids always use purell beforehand but we might start making a bigger show of the the fact that we go back to the sacristy and wash our hands um because it's not like a kid is going to be a kid doesn't produce any more germs on the (laughs) the regular than an adult does so if they use purell the same time i do and they aren't you know, touching all the things when they're standing at the altar with me, they aren't going to have any more germs on their hand by the time we get to serving than I will. So, um, but we will do a little bit of that. Um, and then also how we do worship assistant sign up is every fall, we just pass around a clipboard during worship for a few weeks saying, Hey, these are worship assistants. If, if, different positions if you would like to be one sign up and so we and that this congregation has never had uh, lay um, uh, assisting ministers before and so I'm adding that because the kids have taken that position. So if an adult wants to do it, an adult can be an assisting minister,
1: Ooh.
0: I'm gonna guess no adults are gonna sign up <laughs> and it will still be the kid's job because that's what they want to do. And this all kind of started with the kids decided that they were sitting next to me and they wanted to be their my helper. And so I started to let them lead some of the prayers and then they started to want to help with communion. And so we let them and it's great. And um, that conversation with my counsel the other day was wonderful because of just how many of them were talking about not just how much they can see how much the kids enjoyed being worship leaders and how much the kids it's good for their faith and good for their, um, overall me- like mental health and emotional and spiritual health. But it's also good for the adults, mental, emotional, spiritual health, how they are so proud of those kids that they've seen grow up now being worship leaders, how they kind of wish that they had that when they were a ki- a kid, maybe that they, or when they're, they were grandparents if when their kids were kids so maybe their kids would be more involved in worship now Mm -hmm. um so it was this beautiful holy conversation so
1: and you mentioned the handing off of the keys so to speak too
0: yeah of that i this idea we'll have to talk about this in the future um i was just at the growing young conference which is about um from growing young from a fuller and uh theological institute and it talks about um, congregations that are growing younger mainly talking about uh, high school and young adults and this idea of handing off leadership and giving and literally the story comes from about people who give up their key you know hand off the keys like who gives you a key to the church or the key to the soda machine or a key to the sexton's closet so that you can then go and clean up a mess and um, and how much responsibility when you first are handed keys how much responsibility you feel like you, like you feel like you can you're ruling the world but if you get a church key um, and this idea of you should give keys to people who are ready to take them but also they don't need to be hand the keys over and run like that entire idea of being able to follow the kids at communion to make sure that they're ready to be community assistance before you let them do it completely on their own. Mm
1: -hmm. Because this whole thing is about access. Like, are we allowing people of all ages access Mm -hmm. to a full worship and faith life? Yes. Yeah.
0: Exactly. All right. Should we move on to some shots? Yes.
1: So we don't really have a BYOB, but our scripture shots were done with the help of... So the last three shots, the gospel portions were... um, some of them come from the help from, as I mentioned before, the Upper Bucks Conference of the Southeast Pennsylvania Synod of the ELCA, which I was hanging out with earlier and talking about creative worship with, and who also gave us beer. Um, they are the self-described best conference ever, and so I, uh, <laughs> I hung out with them and uh, had them do their own scripture shots, and we didn't fully get enough time to do um, the full shots, but. They uh, helped out with uh, some of our shots for today. So thank you again to the Upper Bucks
0: Conference. So let's dig in with October's shots. Yeah, so uh,
1: our first one um, is the Gospels from Luke 17. On October 6th. What did I I say? You just said the first one. Oh, the first one. The first one. You should all know what that is. The first one from October 6th. The Gospels, Luke 17, 5 through 10. Jesus is talking about uh, faith the size of a mustard seed. If you have access or go to a grocery store, pick up some mustard seeds.
0: They are not difficult to find. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: they're in the spice section. Yep.
1: Get spicy, get, get them from the spice section, hand them out. Um, they're pretty tiny, so uh, you can tape them to cards and have them say, Have faith the size of mustard seed. Um, or ask, How large does your faith need to be? Only this big and point out they're pretty tiny.
0: Yeah, and you can... They're so tiny. Like a business card and it's like a dot on there, so...
1: Yeah, they're, I've seen necklaces with them and stuff. Yeah. If you're really uh, intrepid, you can go out uh, to some ditches and <laughs> find your own mustard weed. I love talking about how um, on the farm I grew up on, we pulled them because they were so invasive Yes, that if you don't pull them, they will take over your whole field and spread like crazy. And my yes. I kind of think that they... Kingdom of God is
0: kind of like that. And mustard wheat is different than a mustard tree. True. So
1: you should, you can like make make sure to make the distinction that in America, the United States, I should say, uh, the mustard plant uh, is different than the mustard tree tree that that is in the middle east. But uh, I think it's it's a fun connection to make. Yeah. Um, Jesus also talks about moving mulberry trees. Uh, so find a mulberry tree or some other large object and ask, what is needed? What would you need to move this tree? Um, especially if you have some people in your congregation who do landscaping and mm. know what it is to get that big, I'm like doing it with my hands. The, the, big, big, the big, big tree, tree mover? The tree I bet mover.
0: you it is called a tree Probably, mover. Probably. Because
1: um, I like to make things hard. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is always all talking about servanthood and all that good stuff. So you can encourage worshipers to thank the servants and people who serve them in their during their week, whether it's wait staff at restaurants, their baristas, bartenders, um, yeah. other places that they, people serve you
0: mm-hmm. in your
1: everyday life. You can write a thank you note to a public transportation staff if you ride public transit, hospital staff um if you encounter them janitors and other uh, yeah people.
0: and hospital especially not the doctors and nurses oh right yeah yeah yeah, yeah like overnight the overnight the you know the nurse um nurses aides or the people who are cleaning uh at the, the
1: late night shift
0: or yeah the people who have to go around and restock all the medical supply cabinets right
1: the people who don't normally get thanked so yes. that's the people who you want to be thinking The semi-continuous reading is from Lamentations 3. Great is your faithfulness. Ah, that's a fun hymn. Uh, What kind of words, encouraging words, do you need to hear in the morning? You could write those down, possibly share them with one another, encourage each other to attach them to maybe your bathroom mirror or to some place that you're like a closet door to get your jacket or some other place, your calendar app to tell you, um, to give you some encouragement in the morning. Um, maybe if you can do like a notification to pop up with your alarm in the morning, uh, do that. The thematic reading is from is it Habakkuk? I
0: don't. That's know, how I pronounce sure. it. Habakkuk, sure,
1: Habakkuk. Some things from the first and second chapters. Uh, Verses one through four. Yes. Uh, twice over. <laughs> yes, a couple of one through four is just from different chapter. Chap. Chapters, chapters. Now I'm doing it. Becca was like, goofing things up earlier today. I was making, giving her shit about it, and now it's my turn. <laughs> so Mine wasn't this,
0: recorded. This is my just desserts.
1: Wickedness, wicked, the wicked surround the righteous. That's what I feel like right now. So wait for the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> If you really want to make people feel uncomfortable, have a cell phone go off or some sort of alarm go off during worship and wait to see how long it is before people get uncomfortable with it, um, keeping going and see, like, what they do. Like, yeah. what's gonna, what are they gonna do? How long are they gonna try to stop it or something?
0: How much they look around going, like, like Oh, no, phone sign, is I like digging in my
1: purse. <laughs> um, do, if you know, if you have a, if you have a, a vision. vision for a congregation, um, or don't, you could ask your congregation, "What do, what is your vision for our community? You could write it on pieces of paper to hand out so that all may keep it and take it home. You could have business. If you have a mission statement, you could have business cards made up with your mission statement on one side and the kind of church info on the other so that people can hand out to other people.
0: Little evangelism That's, in little there. Little evangelism. Yeah. And if you don't
1: have a mission statement or a vision statement, take some time to brainstorm one. Um, and ask people, what are your vision? What is your vision for the
0: congregation? Uh, October thirteenth is, I believe, that's also Columbus Day weekend in the United States. Just to be aware if you're part of the country that still celebrates that and not Indigenous people's holiday. Um, <laughs> so uh, Luke 17, 11 through nineteen is the gospel that Jesus heals the ten lepers, but only the one comes back. Um, it's a good day to have a healing service. So have a shorter sermon and or you know invite people to come forward for prayers of healing. Um, you can give out band aids, um, and who do you thank? God, the doctor, or both? That would be a good children's sermon idea, um, and that idea of like thank God it wasn't worse um, is one way that we do thank God. Ask people to tell their gratitude stories, share it in writing, or share it during worship. Put it up um, around them uh, about you being having people use loud voices, and yes, it's okay to shout, especially our thanks in church. I know. People want to talk in church? What? <laughs> but, <laughs> um, the a question about who and what do we tend to keep our distance from? And so you can get measuring tape for an image and measure the distance between people. So how... do we sit to each yes. <laughs> other. Yep. Uh, and then a good, like, Mad Libs theater, kind of like Jimmy Fallon does, take out the noun, nouns and verbs in funny places, and you can use this opportunity to point out uh, who, uh, who would... <laughs> we put in the place of the Samaritan and have it mean something similar in our own time. So, which is always an interesting one. We often talk about it when the story of the Good Samaritan comes up, but this is also the lepers were Samaritans as well. Yeah, and the Samaritan was the one who came back. So semi-continuous is Jeremiah 29, Israel builds a house and plants a garden in Babylon. Um, pictures of flowers blooming in sidewalks or cracks or the tree growing and thriving in weird places. Uh, It's a good, you know, Google that shit. There's a bunch of beautiful ones. There's actually a house that is up the street from St. Paul's that... Uh, burned down a few years ago that and then another location near my house that had a sinkhole and so these houses have been torn down and now both of those lots are covered in sunflowers Ooh. yeah it's just interesting because they're like 20 miles apart well f- 15 miles apart from each other and both of them and so it's a great image of that you know out of thriving yeah thriving in the midst of a place that was once desolate, but especially, I think you're going to add a little bit more is like the plant that's grown out of the side of a cliff, something a little bit more like, how is that growing there? So, um, more uh, from the world of horticulture is about transplanting branches from one kind of plant or to a tree or another, of grafting, and if you, actually, I was just talking to my neighbor about this the other day, like, I have a spider plant that now has like three or four babies on it, so <laughs> that... And she has another plant that, I forget what kind it is, but you apparently it's a graft-type thing. You just cut it off and it will grow. It's a creep, a creepy yes. plant. Yes, so it's you can, a creep. Yeah, <laughs> but you creep. can do that where you can give each family a plant easily from one oh, house yeah. plant or something like that. Lots of plants um, do that. So you can talk about organ donation stories and tragic deaths uh, that have helped someone else and then the, um, how the two families became close after the organ donation uh, the thematic Old Testament is Second Kings uh, 5, which is the Nahum, uh, Nahum story, and it's a great story. Just tell the story, act it out, enjoy it, really and and in live into that story for a little bit. A focus on the unimportant characters like the slave girl to bring forward her impact in it, and what other stories of overlooked people that uh, did big things or helped in a big way, and maybe some modern stories of overlooked people. Might be, you know, that person who's passed every day on the sidewalk who then becomes the sa- the person who saves the strain that stranger. Right. So.
1: Yeah. Or like the boy who would h- harness the wind. I actually haven't read that book.
0: I haven't either. So.
1: <laughs> but that could be. Get back to us. Someone get back to us. Someone who's read good. the book. Someone who's read the book. It's also on Netflix right now. That might be that easier. That would pique to my interest. So it's in my queue. Anyway, October 20th, the gospel is Luke 18, 1 through 8. The persistent widow. Have someone outside the door of your sanctuary get outside and, like, make some noise and act it out the story in that way. The widow kept coming back to the door to ask for justice. so one thing you could do is to take sticky notes and post-it notes and write on them where you see injustices, either in your own life or where you see uh, elsewhere in the world or so happening to other people and you can stick them on your sanctuary door and your church door and hopefully you can you can cover that door and maybe you could probably incorporate that into something with your prayer time um you could explore the story a little bit further is this what is this story about what jesus says it's about at the very beginning of the story it says jesus told a parable about Mm -hmm. but is that what you see parable actually being about so kind of you can play with your own interpretation
0: and honestly that begins a lot of our gospel lessons between now and then yeah actually through november Mm -hmm. we're in the parable time
1: so we can be like jesus actually i see this parable being about something else so that's okay you could do a repeat of what we mentioned earlier about having a cell phone or an alarm going off and seeing how long it takes for people to get uncomfortable. If you haven't done, that was what? the That
0: was the third, the, the sixth.
1: Um, and the, the thematic. It was the thematic. So if you're not doing the thematic, you could revisit that um, as kind of like, how long does it take you to get uncomfortable when um, something uncomfortable is happening to you? For example, like the pounding of the door in the middle. The semi-continuous uh, is from Jeremiah 13. 31. The, 31. Excuse me. I just did that backwards. Dyslexia. 31. Had a little moment of dyslexia happening. Uh 27th, 34. The Lord promises to make a new covenant, and there's, like, a lot of riffs on. The days are surely coming when blah, 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 blah,
0: blah. Yeah, XYZ. this is the uh, reading that is at the heart of the... Um, I believe that's this is the reading that is at the heart... No, never mind. That's... Uh, it next has a heart week. in it. Yeah, next it week, next week. Sorry. So we'll I'm jumping, at. jumping <laughs> ahead, jumping <laughs> ahead, jumping. Hold that
1: thought, yep. Ignore me. But it does talk about hearts. So, um you could write the different names of God on hearts mm. and do something with the hearts. Display them, have hand them take, out, hand them out, have people take them home. Uh you could give out the 10 commandments and remind people
0: that this is new heart-shaped stickers that they can wear with God's name on them. Okay, them anyway. The,
1: yeah, that too. Uh, do something with the Ten Commandments. You could give them out because um, that is part of the new covenant that God is creating. Uh, and I think this is the one that also talks about sour grapes and mm-hmm. setting the parent's teeth on edge. Um, something fun or a fun way <laughs> to illustrate that, especially if you're not the one eating them, is to get some of those Sour Patch Kids, mm-hmm. whatever, those like really sour gummy worms. Um, to as a kind of a fun image, you could do that during your children's sermon maybe, and be like, "Hey,"
0: or do I'll them during your sermon and just see how much you pucker as you do it. Yeah, right.
1: Or or be like, "Hey, who wants to eat this?" Um, this also has a lot of planting and plucking up imagery. Um, you could take some Jenga, uh, blocks. toy blocks, toys, Legos, or whatever, build something up, destroy it, to visualize uh, more from this reading. The thematic reading is from Genesis. 32, I think I said that right, where Jake, the story of Jacob finally going back to Esau and admitting all their past uh, complications, all of the crap that he pulled, and then the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel and getting, or quote unquote, messenger and getting the new name Israel. Um, another great story, and I don't think we get the end of it. Um, we don't get the part where. It's, a lot of it is, the, from the actual reading, it's like Jacob is preparing to go back to Esau and is like, oh man, he's going to be so mad. We don't get the end where, ja- where Esau is actually really, really glad to see Jacob and they reunite um, and it's actually a beautiful moment. You could use this opportunity to, uh, to talk more about recon- reconciliation and forgiveness. Um, you could write a special confession that's at the beginning of your worship. Or I know in our book, the ELW Evangelical Lutheran Worship, there is an evening prayer, or there is a, um, excuse me, a confession. I think it's either for Compline or evening prayer, where there is like two parts, and how it's written is there's like a leader part and the responding part, but they're written the same, and they both go something to the effect of, I confess to you, my brother or sister, and then there's like a whole thing. So you could do that um, instead of just like leader people, Mm -hmm. you could do people to each other, or you could do like one side to the other, so that kind of something different yeah. for confession and and forgiveness. If you're feeling brave, you can include conf- in the confession kind of confessing specific things. Um, and also mention where have you wrestled a blessing from God in moments of stress or when you're having kind of a dark night of the soul or about to confront something that's really yeah. uncomfortable. How have you wrestled a blessing from God and um, moved through that?
0: October 27th is Refri- Reformation. Reformation Day.
1: <laughs> it's, it's contagious, Lydia.
0: Reformation Day in the Lutheran Church, or Lectionary 30. Um, so the uh, text for Lectionary 30 is Luke 18, 9-14 is the gospel. It's the Pharisee and the tax collector pray in the temple. Um, and that you don't need to be here with a bunch of sinners. I am not a sinner. And I, actually, this is a great one to continue to use on Reformation Day about how a lot of Protestants and Lutherans, especially tend to look down on others on Reformation Day, especially look down on Catholics on yeah. Reformation Day, and we don't aren't actually any better. Um, <laughs> I know, don't tell that to some people. I just spoke heresy in the Lutheran world. So uh, this idea that we don't have it right and no one does, all we really need is Jesus, that there's no one right way to pray. You can maybe actually do a prayer service of having some time where people do different types of prayers so that they know that there's all these different ways to pray you can pair some really long fancy confusing prayers with the simpler ones like the famous sinners prayer, prayer or "Jesus, to have mercy on me as sinner or the lord's prayer versus you know the nicene well that's a creed but still the the trinitarian <laughs> creed or so, the athanasian creed oh um <laughs> yeah have a, a guided meditation with a simple mantra uh, mantra or prayer to do that the um the old testament reading for the lectionary 30 is joel 2 the lord promises to restore israel this is the quote from pentecost so i this is actually the lectionary text i'm going to be using i think that's a semi-continuous by the way um and so i'm going to be tying pentecost to reformation using the joel text and so having a water feature in or near the baptismal font would be fun because it has that um Water turns to darkness, or no, water turns to blood. The moon turns to darkness. Um, but also, we're going to do an abundant meal at communion. So, we're going to give everyone at communion an entire roll and like a four ounce glass of wine or grape juice. So, it's not just those little, like, normally we give people a little piece of bread and a, like the little shot glass worth, the, the tiny shot glasses worth of wine and grape juice. So, we'll actually have a meal, an abundant Jesus flights. Yeah. Not flights, just <laughs> larger four-ounce glasses. The Reformation text, um, first, go listen to our episode from two years ago. It's our first ever episode. Woo! We're
1: two years old! Actually, like,
0: I think we are yeah. actually two years old we at the are. of this. We're toddlers now. Woo! Sorry,
1: <laughs> I'm really excited.
0: Reformation, and hey, that's very fitting about children in worship that were are Exactly. Toddlers. <laughs> so Reformation and All Saints uh, 2017, that was the title of the episode because we were not creative with that title at all. We're probably so awkward
1: on that, I yeah, I'm even sure we are to it forever.
0: so john eight thirty one through thirty six is the reading about children of Abraham. We are not slaves to anyone. The sun makes you free indeed. Explore the bonds of slavery imagery, like shackles. Be very culturally sensitive to this. Don't go all like, don't chain people up and tell kids that they are now slaves because that was bad. Um, <sighs> yeah. referring to a VBS curriculum. oh yeah um to ask that question what are we a chain to what are we slaved or bound to you can make a paper chain and write on each strip something that binds us wealth fear of the future anxiety depression safety worry institutional racism white privilege being stuck in the past and then maybe you can have this idea of how jesus breaks those chains would be a good way so don't just put the chains up
1: yeah break them break (laughs) them that's actually really good
0: and then Jeremiah thirty one, thirty-one through thirty-four is I will write my name on their law on their heart. I will like write my law in their hearts, says the Lord. And this is an overlap from last week's if you did the semi continuous, so just refer to all the stuff that Lydia said earlier because I don't want to repeat yeah. myself. <laughs> right. We already said that, so it's fine. Upper Bucks is a pretty good conference because a lot of those gospel ones were from Yeah, Lee. thanks. Yeah. So our chaser today is um A website called Ministry Links with an S on the end dot online. Because
1: if you go to Ministry Link, you'll end up in Southeast Pennsylvania, possibly on our website. (laughs) So, which is a great website.
0: Ministry Links with an S dot online. It is archived by Janelle Rosick Hopper. She's the ALCA Program Director for Ministry with Children. I haven't been able to explore this too much, but she basically has cultivated a whole lot of different options. So. Uh, about links that will bring you all over the internet about different things for uh, ministry with children. So there's three main drop-down menus, ministry, education, seasonal resources. Seasonal resources, yes, it's the uh, church seasons, but also like stuff about African American History Month or Women's History Month or Thanksgiving, so not just church seasons education about bibles and how if you ever need a resource about how to talk about death and dying with kids that's a great place to look under there some fun and games safety sexualities training so if you're talking about adults um and then also some ministry stuff about children worship resources music all sample job descriptions all sorts of stuff so if you a great resource resource to look at for any realm of ministry with children whether it's you're just looking for a one-off thing or if you're looking for a full job description for someone to take a uh, the you know chris ed director position at your church so cool
1: that's yeah that's amazing
0: yeah i just learned about it earlier this week at i'm the check out. young conference cool so, so in the meantime so we. that's it yeah that's it <laughs> that's <We're done>. it <laughs> so it's to quote another kid. That's it. Who's <laughs> now a teenager. <laughs> uh, we You can find us uh, at Facebook and Twitter at Lit Liturgy, L-I-T-L-I-T-U-R-G-Y. You can email us at litliturgy at gmail dot com. If you have any comments about what you've done for children in worship, or if you want to be quoted for a BYOB for our What's Brewing segment for next uh, episode, which yes. is What Lydia. Okay.
1: I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> We're doing all like all of the compendium of like all the fall events specifically like blessing shit. So like fall harvest themes, bless the tractors, bless the pets, bless the food that you've gathered to give to the local food pantry, bless all that shit.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of blessing of shit in in yeah, the in fall. The
1: like we just bless everything that moves or doesn't move. So and if you have a BYOB, especially if like if you've done like yes, I have blessed a combine, and if you know what a combine is bonus points to you, or I've blessed, this is the weirdest thing that I've blessed, and this is how I did it. Please let us know, because that's awesome. Yes. So, Anyway, always uh, we always give a big shout out
0: to Brian O'Dean for our awesome theme music. And until next time, this is Becca. This is Lydia. And we're reminding you to always drink and plan worship responsibly.